Hey, you're listening to Cut for Time, a podcast from Faith Church located on the north side of Indianapolis. My name is Claire Kingsley. Each week, I'll sit down with one of our preaching pastors to discuss their Sunday sermon. Cut for Time is a look behind the scenes of sermon preparation, and they'll share with us a few things that we didn't hear from the sermon on Sunday. Thanks for listening. All right. Hey, Jeff. Hey, Claire. John Mark is joining us, so we'll see how this podcast goes. Awesome. He might squat a little. He's a great co-host. Yes. He's he's definitely the the better looking male in this conversation. <laughs> yes, but you don't drool, so. Uh... <laughs> um, okay, well, Jeff, you actually got to kick off our new series called The One, and it's uh, our we're continuing our study in the Gospel of Matthew, and for this series, we're studying chapters eleven through thirteen. Would you kind of give us an overview of the series in general? What are we going to walk away with? What are we learning? And then dive deep into your sermon from Sunday. What did you cover? Yeah, for sure. So we're starting, yes, starting this new series, continuing. We've been in and out of Matthew a lot over the last year or so, which has been great. And John Mark is excited about it too, which I love. Uh, So yeah, we we started, uh, you know, maybe just more recently, we were looking at kind of Jesus' picture of his kingdom and life in that kingdom and what it looks like. And then uh, after the Sermon on the Mount, that, that extended teaching, Jesus goes out in chapters 8 and 9, and we looked at how Jesus is bringing the kingdom into reality in people's lives. There's healing and miracles, and Jesus shows up and things change. And then he sends his disciples out to go do the same kind of work and ministry. But now all of a sudden, uh, people are starting to question who really does this guy think he is? And we start to see some opposition in chapters 11 to 13, the religious leaders and even members of Jesus' own family and bystanders who are kind of, you know, interested, but not really sure, do I want to commit to this guy? And so in chapters 11 to 13, it's this whole range of responses to people as they're encountering Jesus and the message of his kingdom and the call to follow him. So now it's getting a little more serious. It's not just Jesus saying, boy, wouldn't it be great if we could all kind of live this way and the life would be great. And if, you know, we lived if forgiveness for one another and peace and uh, other centeredness. And now it's coming down to Jesus saying, so yeah, about that. I was serious. And you've got to decide if that's really what you want and what you want to commit to. So this whole next section of Matthew's gospel is about seeing uh, Jesus teaching on what the kingdom really looks like and what it brings into our lives and how we're all faced with the same choices as everyone who meets Jesus. Uh, Some people will be sort of interested, but non-committal. Some are going to be hostile and opposed. But for those who follow Jesus, we realize that it really is worth it because he is the treasure that is greater than anything else in this world that, that brings joy and life in knowing him. So that's why... Uh, that's what we want to see in this, the, the the beauty, the freedom, the life that Jesus brings, and that we'll all be kind of encouraged and maybe challenged a little in, am I really following him? Am I really listening to him? 
And do I want what Jesus is really inviting me into? Yeah. And then, so this passage this last Sunday was this, uh, wow, fascinating look at John the Baptist, one of Jesus, like the, the first people to acknowledge who Jesus really is. And now John is asking, are you really sure Jesus, which seems kind of weird, right? But think about it. I mean, John is now sitting in prison because of basically being faithful to God's calling on his life. And at the same time, Jesus is not doing the things that John understood the Messiah was going to be doing. Like, there's no judgment yet. And Jesus is hanging out with tax collectors and sinners and having dinner parties. And Jesus, where's the judgment? Where's the justice? Where's, you know, why am I in prison? Because I'm a faithful follower. And that's what this whole, that's the the setup to this whole interaction that Jesus has talking to John indirectly and then to everyone who's kind of hanging around. Uh, and Jesus basically saying, John, you're not wrong. R remember what you've said about me and, and look at that. And are, are you willing to trust me when things don't look like the way you think they should? Because that's where we live so much of the time. And, and that's what makes it such a rich message for us. Sure. Thanks, Jeff. So um, would you mind talking a little bit more about verse 12? So you studied oh, yeah. or covered verses 1 through 18, um, chapter 11, verses 1 through 18. Verse 12 says, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence and the violent take it by force. Um, what does that mean? And could you give us a little bit more insight into your study in that verse? Yeah, that's kind of a wild, right? Like, what in the world is that about? Mm -hmm. uh, and and part of it comes down to the way that can actually be translated differently based on how we read a particular uh, verse in the Greek that this is based on. Uh, so the, mostly we read it as the way the ESV kind of renders it, as as you read it. Um that uh, the, the kingdom has been, uh, has suffered violence and violent people are sort of plundering it or doing something to it. Mm -hmm. And we said, yeah, that, that's, that makes sense, right? Because now there's this opposition and Jesus is facing opposition and John is and the disciples are. And, and it, Jesus seems to be saying, but the kingdom is going to keep advancing in spite of the opposition uh, and, and the violence that it suffers. But it can also be read grammatically as saying the kingdom is forcefully advancing. Hmm. So it can almost be read in, in a passive voice sense to say the kingdom is forcefully advancing and forceful or violent men lay hold of it which is almost the exact opposite of, mm -hmm. of how we read it in most of our Bibles. And, and so depending on your translation, it'll, it might read that, or it might have a note to that effect. And the reason that's a question is because you could actually read it that way and have it make sense, right? Like Jesus just said, go tell John what you've seen the blind receive sight, lepers are cleansed, uh, the poor are having the good news preached to them. 
And there's this opposition to the kingdom, but look at the impact that the kingdom is having. Like Jesus has entered enemy occupied territory in this world and he's retaking it for God and for the kingdom. And the kingdom is going forward against opposition and mm -hmm. there's restoration and healing and life. And then the other part of uh, you know, it could be rendered forceful or violent men not do damage to it, but lay hold of it, grab hold of it. It's possible that that in reading it that way, what Jesus is getting at is saying, okay, there, yeah, there's opposition to the kingdom, but the kingdom is advancing. And, and if you want what I'm offering you, you have to look beyond the what seems like opposition. To, to reach out and grab hold of me and my kingdom in spite of the opposition and in spite of, you know, John being in prison and, and the Pharisees, the religious leaders uh, opposing it. Uh, if, if you really want this kingdom, Jesus says uh, in this reading, it's, it's not something that you just sort of fall into, mm -hmm. but it's something you pursue. And it's something you run after, and it's something you you fix your eyes on, almost like um, an image from an old Christian classic book called Pilgrim's Progress, written uh, back in the 1600s. And it's this allegory of uh, someone uh, hearing the news of the, the kingdom and Jesus' forgiveness and, and running after it uh, in spite of like family members and, and people around him telling him he's being foolish and he's throwing his life away. And it's this image of the the main character plugging his, putting his hands over his ears and yelling, life, life, I want life, in spite of family members and people in the town telling him, why are you crazy? What are you doing throwing your life away after this Jesus person? So it's possible that's the image that Jesus is using here too. And it it's just a, it's sort of a, an interesting kind of interpretive question based on how we read and translate the this uh, rendering in Greek. So in, in either case, you could say both of those are legitimate ways to read and render that, that Greek verse. And that's, again, why some Bibles may have it differently or, or have a footnote, Both of, because both those things are true, right? Like the kingdom is going forward in spite of opposition, and is the emphasis on the kingdom going forward or is it on the opposition? Sure. And at the same time, it's it's suffering violence, but it's also true that people who really want this kingdom life that Jesus is offering, we're going to have to pursue him. And, and we're going to, not like we're earning it or something, but yeah. uh, th there's a pursuit of Jesus that's involved there uh, against the opposition that Jesus is saying, just be aware. So it's it, you know it's just kind of interesting um, that that this uh, the part of the reason it's kind of you know cryptic and debated is because it's open to translation uh, and yeah. and that's why we've wrestled with it. Yeah, awesome. Thank you, Jeff, so much. That was really helpful. It was great insight to hear both sides, and I could see the context for either interpretation. So, Jeff, do you have one big takeaway from your sermon on Sunday and this passage? Yeah, I, I think uh, for me, it's the questions that we kind of left with. Um, first of all, just, okay, Jesus, I just love how insightful and how pastoral and 
caring Jesus is because he's speaking to John. He's not condemning him for having these questions Mm -hmm. and he's recognizing this is the reality of following Jesus in a broken world. It's going to raise questions for us. Like why are things not going the way that I thought they would go or the way they Mm -hmm. should go? And Jesus knows that's where we live. And in that he doesn't rebuke us. He just reminds us, look, I I know I, I get it, but remember who I am. And remember what you're, remember who I am and hold on to why you are following after me in the first place. Because Jesus is making it clear it's not the promise of a better life and making things ever, you know, making everything work out smooth and easy, but he's saying it's worth it. It's, oh, trust me, it, it is worth it. And uh, he's offering encouragement to us in those places. And and at the same time, you know, kind of challenging us, I think, gently, like, who who do you think I am for you? Why mm-hmm. are you following me? Because it's it's not, you know, I mean, John's life, his example, make it clear. It's not to get the better life. It's not to get the good stuff. It's not to get the, you know, the soft clothes and, uh, you know, successful life and everyone liking you. Yeah. So when things aren't working out the way that we would like, who is Jesus for me in that moment? Yeah. And that that's what helps us, I think. So Jeff, can I ask you that question then? If turn it back on you, why do you pursue Jesus? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, the short answer to that, I think, is, um, you know, when when Jesus sees people leaving him and he asks Peter, you know, are, are you going to leave too? And Peter goes, well, where else would I go? You have the words of eternal life. Mm-hmm. Uh, this world is just, you know, it can be hard and painful and, and that's just the reality of living in a broken world. Somebody said, you know, we're going to go through hard times in this life and we're either mm-hmm. going to go through them with Jesus or without him. And not only does going through them with Jesus give so much hope and comfort and and peace and the the experience of his presence, it's also the reminder that this life is not the end of the story. Yeah. Uh, and like Paul says, if if for this life only we've hoped in Jesus, we're to be pitied above all people. This is not the end of the story. Uh, yeah. and and Jesus promises us that he's coming back to finish the work that he's begun. And mm-hmm. The, the the present trials that we're going through, he says, will not even be worth comparing to the glory that's going to be revealed in us. Mm-hmm. And we get glimpses of it. And uh, obviously along the way, and we're thankful for that. Um, and Jesus is just, I think, trying to encourage us when we don't see the glory right here and now, it's coming, it's on the horizon and it's worth it because yeah. he's worth it. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Cut for Time. If you wish to submit questions to our pastors following their sermon, you can email them to podcast at faithliveitout.org or text them into our Faith Church texting number, and we'll do our best to cover it in the week's episode. If this conversation blessed you in any way, we encourage you to share it with others. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week.